Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Freedom to Flourish podcast. On today's episode, I'm sharing with you episode one of another podcast I host called the Tuesdays Together Greenville podcast. And over there, I interview local small business owners and share their stories. Today, we'll be hearing from Sarah Moore. Sarah is a food blogger and the owner of Pimento and Pros. We're going to talk about a little bit of the behind the scenes of what it's like to be a food blogger and also how to navigate food sensitivities in your local restaurant community. I hope you enjoy this episode, and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Freedom to Flourish. Hello, and welcome to this brand new podcast series for Tuesdays Together Greenville. Tuesdays Together Greenville is the local chapter of the Rising Tide Society, which is a community that exists to empower the creative economy and unite small business owners in the power of community over competition. We meet every month to learn and grow in business, but also to support each other, cheer each other on in our business journeys. And we believe that you were built to belong and that there is power in community. I'm your host, Christy Johnson. I'm an online educator and business coach, and I help creative small business owners take back control over their schedules so they can build a life they love, have money in the bank, and flourish beyond what they thought possible. And joining me today for our very first episode, our inaugural episode of the Tuesdays Together Greenville podcast, is Sarah Moore from Pimino and Pros. Sarah is a local food blogger and Instagrammer here in Greenville, South Carolina, and she spotlights local small businesses and restaurants, and her blog also features non-dairy and gluten-free recipes, among other things that I'll let her tell you about. Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. This is the first podcast I've ever been on, so very, very, very excited to be participating. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, well, this is the first episode of our podcast and the first time that I've ever interviewed someone on a podcast. So it's a episode of firsts, I guess. <laughs> so honored. Very excited. I love being yeah. a guinea pig. So Yes, I'm so excited. We were talking a little bit beforehand about glasses and ring lights and how they oh, don't gosh, mix yes. well. So we are just going to, we're going to press on. We're going to hopefully get a little bit better as we go along, but We are so excited. So I just wanted to kind of highlight you and your business and hear from you about what you do. Um, I would love to just know what you do, how you got started. Give me the BTS behind the scenes of your business journey. Awesome. So I started Pimento and Pros two years ago. Uh, The blog is actually going to be three in February next year. Uh, so we're, we're almost at, uh, 3000 followers on Instagram. We're at about 2,300 right now. So we're definitely kind of on the right track to by February. Um, so very, very excited there. Um, and so it really started out as a way for me to, um, have a place for, you know, people like myself that, you know, have found out that they've had, you know, some kind of, you know, lactose intolerance or, you know, dairy intolerance kind of later on in life. Um, I found out two years ago that, you know, I, I was allergic to dairy, um, and specifically cows, cow's milk and cow's milk products. Um, and so that was kind of what, you know, propelled me to, you know, basically use the blog as an outlet to, you know, 
put up all these recipes for, you know, all of my family favorites because, you know, I love baking, I love cooking and, you know, not being able to have, you know, my grandma's famous mac and cheese or, you know, my mom's famous, you know, muffin recipes and things like that, you know, was such a bummer. And so, but being able to, you know, work through all of this, you know, through recipe testing and, you know, having the blog and being able to, you know, post about it and, you know, find other people like me online was, you know, such a great kind of, you know, supportive outlet to be able to find out that, you know, just, you know, subbing out almond milk in a recipe is really all you need to do sometimes or finding out that, you know, God bless the vegans and the vegetarians, you know, in the last you know, five to 10 years, you know, with, with, you know, the advent of there being, you know, so many more, you know, vegans and vegetarians and, you know, the popularity of those movements and, you know, that, that health, that health kind of trend, you know, those products have gotten so much better tasting, you know, so much more readily available. So people like me, you know, that have, you know, dairy intolerance, you know, those products that, you know, tend to be vegan and vegetarian also fall under, you know, people that have dairy intolerances. And I love that, um, that you talked about your family recipes in there, because I know that um, for many people, when they find out that they're allergic to, you know, cheese or gluten or something, it can be really, really discouraging. Because number one, they think, oh my goodness, I can't have this food. That's my favorite food. I love pizza. Pizza is my favorite pizza food. Pizza is my favorite food. I was just talking to somebody about this. You know, we're, we're planning a trip to New York City, you know, in the fall. And, you know, my friends sent me like all these places to, to go have pizza. And they were like, oh, wait, you can't have cheese. And I was like, no, no, like, it's okay. Like, we will, we will find a way around this. Like, we're not going to New York City and not having pizza. Like, this is not not happening, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I I think that it can feel very, um, very weighty and sad, you know, if you thought, oh, my goodness, I can't have pizza. But what you're doing is you're highlighting businesses that in restaurants that are helping people who and that are having more, more um, recipes with more variety that are sensitive to uh, any dietary restrictions or anything like that. But also, I also love that you have recipes on your blog, too. And so I think it's important for people to know that when they do face um, an allergy, that they still can enjoy the foods that they love, but it takes finding a community of people who are, who are offering those things and showing you how to replace, you know, you mentioned replacing almond milk for, for, for regular milk or something like that. So I love that you are um, putting resources out there. And that's what Tuesdays Together is all about. We're about community. And um, like I said, empowering the creative economy. And in a way, you are empowering people with um, different different dietary restrictions to still eat the foods that they love or to find those restaurants that they can still enjoy. So um, tell me about community and how maybe finding um, different communities helped you in your journey to find those foods that you love like how um how have how has community impacted you as a person blogger whatever yeah so um as as i've been going along so that was kind of so the recipe and the testing is kind of like one i'm gonna call it pillar of the blog and then you know the other pillar of the blog that we have besides kind of the travel blog pillar 
is our weekend foodie warriors segment. And that's kind of where the big part of the community comes from. And so that's where, you know, we go to farmer's markets, we go check out new restaurants, we talk about grand openings, but that's really where, you know, all of our community connections come from. And so that's where, you know, I've been going and trying to seek out all of these places that have, you know, non-dairy cheese, they have goat cheese, they have sheep's cheese on their menu, because most people that I find that are allergic to things that have cow's milk in it, they can have goat's cheese and sheep's cheese with no issues to their diet. So it's usually just cow's milk and any other types of animals milk cheese they're totally fine with. And so that's one of the other things that I've been trying to get across to, you know, the people in the community that I found that, you know, will will offer, you know, vegan cheese is that, you know, hey, if you're offering vegan cheese, you should also offer these other things like goat's cheese and like incorporate these things on your menus because these might be, you know, less expensive, you know, more readily available. Like these are things like your chefs might already have, you know, experience working with a lot more than say a vegan cheese that might be a little more foreign, you know, with either the meltability or the flavor or things like that, you know, but at the same time, you know, it's, it could just be, you know, like, cause I, I already know that there are like goat farms in the area and there are, there are different places around that, you know, do goat's cheese and stuff like that. Sheep's cheese is obviously a little harder to find. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, the people that I know that, you know, we've specifically highlighted on the blog, um, for having, you know, the gluten-free stuff and the dairy-free stuff, like we continue to have relationships with those people. And so we will continue to basically like vouch for those people and, you know, talk about them in our communities on, you know, Facebook and different Facebook groups, you know, we're part of the, you know, vegan community groups on Facebook or part of the vegetarian groups on Facebook. Um, You know, anytime that, you know, our, you know, food blogger friends are creating guides, like we're always trying to make sure that like these people, you know, get some sort of, you know, kudos or spotlights, because, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, if, if you're putting good out into the, into the community, then good should be coming back to you. Yeah. And I think it's so awesome to, um, to be able to increase the visibility of, of people with um, different restrictions in their diet, but also like you're mentioning, tell people that there are alternatives that may not be these um, more expensive ones or right. um, that that are already familiar with familiar with these types of cheeses like goat's cheese or sheep's cheese. But I think it's awesome that you are out there advocating for for these people and for yourself saying, I want to be able to go to, to restaurants yeah. and eat amazing food. And I think that the more that we um, raise awareness, the more that we'll start to see things pop up on menus that can fit our diets um, that we can enjoy and be really, really tasty. And, and it takes just a little bit of um, creativity, but I love that you're kind of out there pushing that along a little bit, making it a little bit easier um, for people. So um, I want to talk a little bit about business and I want to talk about your business in particular. Um, How um, I love that your business in your blog, your food blog, your Instagram, I love that you're lifting up local businesses, that you're sharing about grand openings. I just saw the other day, you and I uh, both live in the same town, and I saw that you were at a grand opening for the Easley Silos, or part of the yes. building. The silos are not 
totally open yet, but, but you know, I love that. I, I went, was on your Instagram and here, here you go. Hashtag influencer status. I was on your Instagram and saw that you were there and I was like, Oh my goodness, I have got to go there. Uh, Very exciting. So I love that. So talk to me about some of your favorite things about working with local businesses, finding um, amazing restaurants in the area. What are some of your favorite things about that? So I absolutely love, like, like if this could be my full-time job, then this would just a hundred percent be my full-time job. Like, <laughs> like when I was, when I was like two years old, I like, like grew up on Food Network, like loved watching Food Network and just like cooking with my mom, like all the time. Like I have, I have pictures on, you know, my blog of me, like in a little chef's hat, you know, making food with my mom. And it's just super cute. If you like look back in the archives, um, but I basically wanted to be like the next Guy Fieri. Like I oh, wanted yeah. to just like make a food blog and just like take it on the road. And like, there are people that absolutely do this like for a living, you know? So it's, it's not out of my reach, you know? And so I absolutely love to be able to say, and I, and I especially say this with, you know, the smaller companies that we've worked with. So it's the ones that are more of like what I would call, say, like cottage baker sized companies. So I would say someone like a Basta Bakery or, you know, somebody like, you know, my favorites, you know, Creative Cakes by Larissa or um, I'd say, you know, Comfort and Joy. You know, I'm just I'm just naming a bunch of like my favorite bakers at this point, like Rhapsody Baking and things like that. Um and so, you know, Paul Family Farms Maple Syrup, like these are some of the ones like we've worked with in the past. Um, but these are all like really super great people that just haven't gotten storefronts yet, but their product is there, the marketing that they have is there, they've got a great social media presence, but they just don't have enough exposure yet. Sure. And I love to be able to say that, you know, we reviewed them and like we wrote a blog about them and like we helped get them on the map before they were really on the map. Because then I feel like we helped and like we were part of the process as to like getting them to their goal of getting a storefront or having an online store or, you know, getting to those farmers markets or like being part of like their bigger dream. And to me, that means so much more than, you know, being paid a ton of money to like, go do this or, you know, go do that. And so it's, it's that feel good, like relationship building that we're doing. That's kind of more at like that startup phase that I absolutely love and as much as I would love to like be working with, you know, Nestle Tollhouse and Keurig and, you know, the, you know, King Arthur Flower and all these other people, like, I love working with the little guys just as much as I would love to be working with those other people because I have like six kinds of King Arthur Flower in my pantry right now, you know, <laughs> and like six kinds of, you know, Nestle Tollhouse, you know, chocolate chips, you know, at the same time. And so, you know priorities but yeah but, you know and so it's it's one of those things where you know I just I just love like that feel good feeling and like those people are the ones that like you you want to know it's like a it's like it's like a story like you really want to know like how it ends and like you want to like continue to keep up that relationship and like follow them on their journey 
And I just, I just love that, you know, and like, I'm, I'm still friends with all of the people that like we've ever, you know, talked to or done marketing for on the blog, even with like all the people that we've ever done this for in the last two years and, you know, grand opening blog or just tiny little, you know, social media posts. Like we, we love all the people that we've ever, you know, interacted with or helped or talked to. So it's, it's just, that's one of my favorite things about, about doing this is that, kind of like warm, fuzzy feeling that you get from, you know, being able to to tell somebody, to tell somebody's story and like expose somebody this like awesome product that you absolutely love that like somebody else didn't know about before. Yeah. And you're also sharing in their journey. You're, you're taking a, being a part of their journey. And that kind of goes back to the whole idea of community over competition as well, because when there's a community that that lifts other businesses up in a way you're part of that community not in a way you are part of that community that helps to cheer on those businesses and lift them up and be a part of their success and um one thing that i so love about natalie frank who is the founder of the rising tide society the co-founder of the rising tide society is she always talks about how one person's success in the group is everyone's success. And so when you go and and show showcase the grand opening of, of, of a local business or you are using a, a cottage baker's, you know, products in your house, you are sharing in their success and celebrating their success and lifting them up. And I, I believe that when when we have community behind us, that's when we truly reach our goals and and flourish beyond what we thought possible and accomplish um, more because we have those people behind us. It's so it's so um, it's all about people for me and and I think at, for Tuesdays together and and the Rising Tide Society as well. And so you're getting you're getting the opportunity to share in their story, but also help them. Um, like you said, give them a little bit more exposure, help them along in their journey and, and win with them. I love that so much. And you, you also probably get to, like you said, meet a lot of people and, um, try their foods, which, oh my goodness, I love food. Food is so good. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have a soft spot for bakers too. I know I realized I'm like four out of those five people were all bakers, but like, I very, very much have a soft spot for baking. And so like, probably like I'm gonna say like three quarters of the recipes on a blog and like a lot a lot of the of the things that we try like review on the blog just so happen to be baking related well I have a soft spot for baked goods like, I really <laughs> do I'm, I'm a sucker for a baked good oh yeah well and also baking that makes sense because a lot of times um if you are allergic to dairy or gluten, those are the things that you can't eat are the baked goods because yeah. of the the gluten and the milk and um, those kinds of things. So that makes sense. I love it. Putting those, those, those yummy treats out there into the world and sharing them with people. I love it. Oh, yeah. So um, I wanted to ask you, what would you say to someone who has just recently discovered that they have a food allergy and is faced with having to change their diet? I know you went through it two years ago. So if you had to give them a piece of advice um, or a word of encouragement (laughs) or a resource, what would you say to them? 
Well, first of all, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's the biggest thing because I feel like I feel like I basically thought to myself, you know, oh my gosh, I can't have cheese anymore. The world is over. <laughs> yeah. I will never have pizza again. Like, what will I do with my life? Yeah. <laughs> um, you will go through basically like, you know, the 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 seven stages of uh grief. You know, you'll you'll go through, you know, the anger, the denial, you know, the the sadness, like what are the yeah. other five? I can't remember what the other five are. Um, sure. You know, and so basically like I, I, I denied the fact that I was actually allergic to dairy. So I just continued to try and eat it. And then, you know, like for me, it's not a stomach problem. It's a nose problem. Oh, so I get yeah. like an instant stuffy nose anytime I eat cheese. And so I would just get like super stuffy and I'm like, it's just a stuffy nose. Like I can take it. Like I didn't do this. And then it's just, and then I'd just be stuffy for the next three days. And I'm like, this yeah. is miserable, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, but I think, I think definitely like it's gonna take a lot of trial and error because I've also been to a lot of allergists or one allergist a lot of times <laughs> over the last, you know, bunch of years. And because everyone's dairy allergies slash intolerances because there is a difference like some people with dairy allergies can just take a lactate and they're fine but people with intolerances can't because they their bodies can't literally can't process dairy it's almost like having diabetes like your body just can't process the sugar um and so you almost have to basically um like figure out what kind of tolerances that you have to certain dairy. And so for some people like it, and it's going to take a little bit of trial and error to figure out, okay, like I can have yogurt, but I can't have cheese or I can have like this kind of cheese, but I can't have that kind of cheese or, you know, I can have this kind of ice cream, but I can't have that kind of ice cream or, you know, I can't have anything. You know, and so it's one of those things where like only you can really sit there and like figure out your tolerances. But once you do, it's going to make life a lot easier for you to be able to say, okay, like it's almost like alcohol. Like I know my limits. I know I can have, you know, X amount of this before I need Benadryl, before I need an EpiPen, before I need, you know, to go to the hospital. And then, you know, minus that, look into something like, you know, the blog that I wrote, you know, which is, you know, my weekend foodie warriors number 19, which is, you know, find somebody that's already made a guide as to, you know, what are, what's somebody's favorite, you know, substitutes for butter, if you can't have butter, what are somebody's favorite substitutes for milk, you know, if you're trying to make a, you know, a, a fish stew, or if you're trying to just, you know, put it on cereal, or if you're trying to, you know, substitute it in a cream sauce, you know, what are your favorite ice creams or yogurts or cheeses? Because, you know, the, 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 di the dichotomy between like the, the quality of, of non-dairy cheese is so vast. It's ridiculous. Like there is some that's like really, really great. And there's some that's like trying to melt plastic. <laughs> and so... There's definitely a difference there. And so I will very, very often, you know, recommend like two, two to three brands. And the other ones I will tell you to just throw in the garbage or only eat them if that's all they offer you. 
which unfortunately, because the the throw in the garbage ones are the most popular ones, those are the ones that the restaurants can get most often because those are the ones that have been around the longest. And so those are the ones they can get in bulk the cheapest, which is unfortunate because I'd rather them take these three up here because they're a lot better tasting and they melt a lot better. But I digress. I'm not the one that buys the, 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 the stuff at the restaurants. But anyway, if it was me, I'd just, you know, carry it around in my purse if I do it somewhere. But anyway, actually, I know some vegans that do that. Like, they'll actually carry, oh, yeah. like, non-dairy cheese in their purse with them when they go to restaurants. I, I haven't gotten that desperate yet. I might do that at some point, but I haven't gotten that desperate yet. Oh, yeah, I would. I remember being on uh, Whole30. And oh, yeah. it's so not the same because I only had to do all this for 30 days. So it's not the same, grant, granted. Mm-hmm. But I remember like carrying salad dressing, you know, that I had made myself um, or whatever. And sometimes it takes, yeah, sometimes it takes that. And I think people, uh, people are becoming a lot more uh, less judgy about those things. I probably would have right. been embarrassed yeah. to bring in my little Tupperware of salad dressing. But I think, I think thankfully people understand um and there is being more awareness these days about um different uh dietary restrictions so yeah so i think that's awesome definitely talking to um um an allergist and figuring out what what it is that you can do um what it is that you can and can't have what your limits are and also knowing that it's not the end of the world (laughs) and i like how you said finding a guide or um, some, somewhere that you can go to find those substitutions. And it sounds like that's a little bit of what you're doing over there at your blog and your Instagram is giving people those resources. Um, and I love that so much. So just a couple more questions for you, Sarah. I'm so excited to be talking with you. Like I said, I wanted to ask you, um, is there anything that you think restaurants can do to improve um, I think we talked a little bit about maybe using alternative um, uh, cheeses or cheeses from different animals or that kind of thing. But is there anything that you think restaurants in Greenville can do to improve um, for people with food allergies? I think, honestly, just making it more um, uh, like easy to spot which restaurants are gluten-free friendly, dairy-free friendly, like upfront, like don't, don't make people have to like search a menu to find out if it's actually gluten-free or dairy-free or whatever, because typically what happens with me is that, you know, because I'm not sure if things are in based in cream sauces or, you know, if, a if something has cheese in it, because not every ingredient is always listed out in a dish. I'm typically having to like search out like in advance before we go to a restaurant, what's inside everything. Because not every restaurant will put like the GF for gluten-free or like V for vegan or like VG for vegetarian. And so if restaurants were better at like putting those things either on menus or like putting those like right at the top of, you know, either their website or like putting those things on social media so that it would be a lot easier to find. Um, I know that myself and Jackie from Off the Grid Greenville have put, you know, a couple guides together just based off of, you know, our own experience with restaurants and, you know, the, the places that we've gone to that 
you know, we know are, you know, gluten-free friendly, vegan friendly, vegetarian friendly, but, you know, these things could change. And, you know, unless restaurants kind of, you know, keep people informed, you know, these things can get out of date very, very quickly. And so, you know, it's, it's nice for us to have these guides, but, you know, unless restaurants kind of communicate with, you know, people like us that are, you know, in the community trying to keep others, you know, that are, um, you know, of the, the allergen friendly kind of community, you know, up to date, then, you know, they, they're losing their, their mouthpiece basically. And so I definitely think that, you know, having you utilizing your, your, your resources is, is, is a good thing. So basically, you know, finding those people in the community that are already basically like a, like a spokesperson for, you know, a, 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 an allergen friendly community and just saying like, Hey, we're, we're friendly to you guys. Like, please come visit our restaurant. Like that is just like all we need to know. And like, we will send people to you. Like we will, we will share, share your story. Like we'll share your specials. Like we'll do whatever it takes because you know, that's, that's what we, that's what we like to hear. You know, that's, that's what we needed to know, you know, as, and especially if people like are adding new stuff, like if you decide like, you know, there's, there's been enough demand and you know, we're going to add vegan cheese or we're going to add, you know, gluten-free crust. Fantastic. Tell us, like, let us know, like, this is great. You know? So I just, I just think communication is, is the biggest key there. Um, and, and I think that's, that's, that's the biggest thing. Communication and just like utilizing, you know, the, the, the social media tools and, you know, the, the people that, that are on, you know, social media and communicating with, you know, the biggest kind of bases in Greenville all the time. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's so important. And I'm going to put on my business coach hat for a second. When people go to your website, you need to think, not you, but um, businesses. It could be me. I don't know. (laughs) When people go to your website, they are usually searching for one thing. Right. Or two things. They want to know how to order. (laughs) They want to know where's your menu. And they probably want to know, are you gluten-free? Do you have gluten-free options, vegan options? So get in the head of your customer. Think about when they go on your website, what are they looking for? I There's been so many websites that I've been to where I'm trying to order food and I have to scroll through all this information about the history of the restaurant or, you know. <laughs> you know I love how- that. I mean, that's great. I want to read that, but put that on your about tab. Exactly. Where I can read it later where I don't need to read it now. Like I just want to read like the menu and just find out if I can even attend your restaurant in the first place. Like Exactly. Yeah. So make it a little bit easier. Um get in the heads of your customers and see what, what are they going to be searching for? What do they want to go to and make it super obvious. Um, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Well, before we wrap up, I just want to do a little bit of a Greenville food speed round. Oh, I like speed rounds. Yeah. Since you're a food blogger, Instagrammer, and you visit all the cool places, I thought that I could give you a category and you can tell me the first place that comes to your mind. Oh, that gosh. way we can put them on our list for our next outing. <laughs> so um, how about Greenville restaurant Sunday brunch spot? I would have to say, I would have to say either uh, Reed's or Tupelo mm-hmm. Honey. Okay. Awesome. Okay. How about drinks and apps? Love Urban Wren. Urban Ren is great. They've also just updated their happy hour drinks menu specials. So they're awesome. Um, 
Oh, we just went to Juniper. Ooh. Juniper had good stuff. And then the Casbah. Ooh. The Casbah had very good appetizers. That was the first time I went and it was, it was about a month ago and their apps were very good. Yeah. And they're like, they've been there for a while, I think. Oh yeah. At least. I think of like Juniper is new, but the Casbah has been around for a while. So check them out. The Casbah. Okay. Love that. Okay. I feel like Greenville is like the king of taco restaurants. We have so many taco restaurants. Where do you go for tacos? Taco Tuesday. Okay. So I will give you like my favorite fusion taco and then I'll give you my favorite authentic taco because I feel like it's not fair to do one and not the other. Love it. So I I would say favorite. Favorite authentic taco would either have to be um, Poppy's Tacos, either the Easley location, because now I'm an Easley girl, uh, or the or the downtown location, whichever one works, um, or Las Meras Tortas, which is on yes. Wade Hampton, which is fantastic. Their burritos are also fantastic, like the size of your face. Like, I love their burritos. Um, and then favorite fusion taco would most likely have to be either, Never mind. I take it back. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's, it's got to be Willie taco. Okay. It's got to be Willie taco. taco. It's gotta be Willy she taco. said it guys. She said it. You heard it here first. Willie taco. Okay. How about date night? Fancy, fi- fancify it. Oh, well, I was going to say urban rent again. Cause that's where we go for our like fancy okay. date nights, but um, Trapdoor. Ooh. Trapdoor for date night. The burrow, it makes a really good date night. I love the burrow. Their octopus is fantastic. Octopus. They also do a good lobster, which mm. I'm from New England. And so if I if I say lobster's good somewhere, you should probably trust me. Okay. Um, I trust you. I'm going there. Getting the lobster. <laughs> um, how about something for everyone? You know, sometimes people are like, I don't like tacos I don't like whatever <laughs> where can you go where everyone can find something they love Stacks Omega oh yeah never, never had a bad thing Stacks Omega um also Eggs Up Grill yes everything's solid there and then I would also have to say home team barbecue because that place is just ridiculously packed every time we go and it's everything's fantastic there all right. Now, since since you um, blog all things gluten-free and dairy-free, I have to ask you, do you have a favorite gluten-free dish in Greenville or and or a favorite dairy-free dish in Greenville? You know what? I will have to say that it's either got to be one of the two pizza places that we've found gluten-free pizza crust at that we've really, really liked. Because my mom's actually the gluten-free one. And so one of the things that she has struggled with for the longest time was finding gluten-free pizza crust that basically like didn't taste like cardboard. Right. Or it wasn't like chalky or powdery or just had like weird texture, like no flavor or whatever. Yeah. So Miles Pizza off of Pleasantburg from uh, Greenville Tech. Yeah. Uh, Meredith, who's the owner there, is just like the sweetest person you've ever met. Her and her daughter are both gluten-free, and she's come up with a gluten-free pizza crust that's made with, I believe it's buckwheat and some kind of rice, and that has got really good crunch. It's got really good, like, flavor and texture to it, and they also have vegan cheese there, so both mom and I can eat there, which is awesome. Perfect. And so they're they're really good, and there's a place in, and she also does gluten-free cookies, which are really awesome. Yes. Um, 
and they're just like super super soft like right out of the oven and it's like oh yeah so good um and then there's a place in easily called real pizza which is like five minutes from our house yeah and i love that and they make a gluten-free pizza crust and they also do vegan cheese which is awesome two two bonuses um these are like our two favorite pizza places basically um and their gluten-free pizza crust so like my mom had it and it's like super super thin like gluten-free pizza crust the miles is a little thicker um and it's like super super thin like like you know almost like a like a pan like a like a really really thin crust pizza yeah my my mom thought that it was actually real pizza crust Mm Like that's how that's how that's how well they did gluten free pizza okay. crust. Like she couldn't even tell it was gluten free. Yes. And she's like, "Are you sure this is gluten free?" And I was like, "Yes, mom." Like I ordered gluten free. Like I double checked the receipt. Like I made sure. And she's like, "Okay." Like okay. sure. And like she went home and she's like, "My stomach doesn't hurt. Like everything's <laughs> good." And I was like, "I told you it was gluten free." And so she was like all excited and she's like, "We're only going to that pizza place or Miles when I come back." And I was like, "Okay." Absolutely. Well, I feel like we we killed two birds with one stone with that answer. We got the the oh, yeah. vegan cheese and the gluten free crust. So I love that. Thank you so much for playing our Greenville speed round restaurant game that I just invented. <laughs> so another thing I wanted to ask you is I want to hear about some of your favorite recipes that you have on your blog. Tell me about some of your favorites. Okay, so probably the. Two most favorite recipes that I have. Um, I'd have to say the one that I actually had for dinner tonight, which is probably one of my favorites, is my non-dairy Alfredo sauce. Uh, so that was that was definitely one of the things that I spent a lot of time recipe testing because obviously one of the first things that you know you miss being non-dairy is like mac and cheese and Alfredo, which is like two of the most like dairy-laden, like cheese-heavy things. Um, and so I spent quite a bit of time, you know, recipe testing this. And so it's, uh, it's like a cashew kind of like cheese based sauce. Um, and so it's got kind of the same like creaminess and like texture that it does, because once you kind of like puree down the cashews, um, it basically gives you that same kind of like mouthfeel and texture like an Alfredo sauce does. Um, but then you put in a lot of the same kind of like Italian herbs and spices and a little bit of lemon juice and like tons of and, like really nice like roasted garlic and stuff. Oh, yes. Add in a little bit of like, you know, lemon garlic shrimp or like some some grilled chicken and veggies in there. And like you got yourself a you got yourself a nice, nice pasta dish. But yes. Um, so that's probably one of my favorites. And then I have to say that the most popular recipe on the blog hands down by far is my Sonny's copycat barbecue cornbread. Oh. Have you ever been to Sonny's barbecue? Yes. Like as a kid, we would go there like every week. Okay. So you know what Sonny's barbecue cornbread tastes like? Oh yeah. It's great. So you know that Sonny's barbecue cornbread is not just like regular cornbread. It's not this like dry fall apart like tacky like nonsense that you get from not your average cornbread it's not your average cornbread and so my family's from new england my whole family's from new england and so the first time that we actually had barbecue like coming down south was from a sunny's Mm. and my mom and i tried this cornbread and we were like 
we love this. Like we need to go home and reverse engineer this recipe. (laughs) Yes. And so we spent like a lot longer than I care to admit reverse engineering (laughs) this recipe. And so it's so simple though. Like all it is, is Jiffy cornbread mix. Uh huh. It's creamed corn, like a can of creamed corn. Yeah. And then it's a little bit of extra sugar and a little bit of extra flour just to make up for the extra liquid that you add from the creamed corn. But Sunny's, Sunny's cornbread has those little bits of corn in it. Yeah, it does. Like, yeah. you, like you get from the creamed corn. And that's it. It is the most popular recipe on my blog. If you go on Google right now and you look up any variation of like Sunny's cornbread recipe or like Sunny's copycat cornbread or like anything related to like Sunny's cornbread, my blog recipe pops up above the Google results, above the recipe results. Like, and I did no SEO. (laughs) I did nothing to this recipe to make it so high. I, to this day, don't know what I did to deserve this. Like the internet gods just like shine down on me one day. (laughs) And it's so funny because the, the way that my blog worked, like I had a super, super old WordPress site for the first year of my blog's existence. And so it wasn't until Jamie actually redid my, my partner. It wasn't until he actually redid my blog, uh, about a year ago that we actually got Google analytics access. Yeah. And so I finally went through like last February and did like a diagnostics test. That recipe alone was bringing in like six to 800 hits per month to the website. That's awesome. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And so I had like random people. I had aunts and uncles. I had my, my sister. I had my mom. Like I just had random people in different locations, like try and type in different versions yeah, cornbread. Just to just to see Success. if that would work, it worked every single time. Amazing. And I was just like, "You've got to be kidding me!" So Thanksgiving rolls around, and we take updated pictures because we've got the new like Nikon cameras now. So oh, like, yeah. we take updated pictures. Like, we update all the all the listings. Like, we update everything. Like, you know, we we take videos of it. Like, we do the whole nine yards, and like, we we add SEO to it now. Like, we're not <laughs> we're not giving up this listing. Like, yes. Oh man, that sounds amazing. It's so good. And like the trick is that like you have to make it in a cast iron skillet because then you get like the really, really crispity edges like all the way around, but then it still stays like super moist on the inside. Oh, I want some of that right now. So I got to go to your blog and get this cornbread recipe, Sunny's Cornbread. Thanks for sharing that. You're so welcome. It's so good. It's so good. I'm actually going to make some this weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make some this weekend. Okay, because... well, I think I know where I'm going this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> See you there. I'll just show up. Where's the cornbread? You said there was cornbread. <laughs> yes, you can come over. We can make some this weekend. It's Sounds definitely awesome. fall. It's football. It's chili this cornbread time. Football, chili, cornbread. Let's go. Let's go. It's great. Absolutely. I'm there. Oh, man. Sarah of Pimino in Pros, thank you so much for joining us. Tell people where they can find you online and interact with you. Yes, you can find me at Pimento and Pros. Uh, that's Pimento like the pepper or Pimento like the cheese, however you want to remember us by, and Pros like the poetry. Um, and so you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and then the website is www.pimentoandpros.com. 
And that's where you can find all of our recipes, all of our blogs, uh, all of our travel guides. And then uh, we're in the process of putting all of our food bucket lists on there as well, which is really cool. Um, so that is basically a, a giant massive Excel list of like all 50 states, the UK and Canada, the restaurants, where to eat there and their locations. And so that's kind of like in the process because, you know, of course, COVID's been like shutting a bunch of restaurants down. So we've been trying to like keep that updated over the last year and a half. So it's been kind of like a, a process. And then we are also, we have a YouTube channel, but like we don't have a whole lot on it. So like we don't really publicize that a whole lot, but like we're working on that. Like we, we have a... We're, we've been working with a videographer lately, and so we, we're in the process of trying to, like, get more videos done. And, of course, you know, we've been working on reels and stuff like that. So it's all good. But All right. Awesome. Thank you. So Pimento and Pros, at Pimento and Pros on Instagram, PimentoandPros.com. And, again, it's Sarah Moore. Sarah, thank you so much. Um, it was so great chatting with you. And if you guys want to learn more about Tuesdays Together, here in Greenville, South Carolina, you can check out our website. That's greenville.therisingtidesociety.com. You can find information about our meetups and our educational guides. If you're not local to Greenville, you can also find out how to find your local chapter because the Rising Tide Society is an international group with chapters all over the world. So check us out, greenville.therisingtidesociety.com. Com. I'm Christy Johnson, and thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time.